Good day, this is Abraham Foss of For Your Good Ministries International. We are a ministry that teaches the Word, teaches and trains pastors and leaders, teaches and trains into the business sectors, the educational sectors, and on marriage and family. Our vision as a ministry is to go into all the world to make disciples of all nations as the waters cover the sea. The following teachings are those that relate to marriage and family and the high value of the Word of God. Our ministry's founding scripture is Romans chapter 1 verse 11 where Paul says as follows, I long to be with you that, in other words this was his purpose, that I may impart some good gift for your good. Our heart is aligned to the heart motive of Paul so accordingly, we have named our ministry For Your Good Ministries International. Included in this series is a marriage and family PDF that shares all the notes and scriptures for the entirety of the course. Please refer to these as you go through the course. We too have included a test or a quiz which we encourage you to write at the end of the course. A personalized certificate of graduation will be mailed or sent to you upon your successful completion of the said test and or quiz. Let's now go to the first session of our teaching on marriage and family and the high value of the Word of God.
The Word of God has a lot of what I call there is only ones. For example, in John 16, we learn there's only one sin, only one sin that kissed him from heaven, maybe it sent him to hell, and denies the intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Who knows what the one sin is? Only one sin. It's not the bad day you had last week. Not the bad deed you practiced last night. There's only one sin that denies your relationship with God. It's not believing in Jesus. Because when you believe in Jesus, He takes care or took care in our appropriating it in your life. He took care of all of your sins. When you put your belief in Jesus, your sins and plurality go into remission. So you don't deal with your sin to believe in Jesus. You believe in Jesus so He can deal with your sins. So there's a lot of there's only one, but the Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 8, there's only one thing in Scripture that never fails. You know, when I hear things like that, there's only one thing, I want to know what it is. The Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's a one thing. There's a way to the Father through Jesus. There's only one way to the Father. I want to find out the one way. When the Bible says there's only one thing that never fails, it never has failed, never will fail, it's impossible, it cannot fail. There's only one thing. So when I find out what the one thing is, I want to then explore its dimensions so I can understand what that one thing is. And the one thing that can never fail is love. Well, if it's love, what is love? It's definitely not because my chest is sunk in the buttons you see before you. <laughs> Love is something deeper, flows from the heart. It's something that's a decision that's decided to sacrifice my life to benefit others. And friends, if we live that way in our marriage, towards our spouse, towards our children, towards mankind, we stand love and say, oh, <coughs> all I'm doing is to benefit you. You'll find that that will bring about a result that cannot fail. We want to explore the depths of love. When we look at that later today. Then this is a powerful area. When we get to forgiveness. I don't want to say it too much, but it's so important that we as Jesus did, live with the heart of perpetual forgiveness towards mankind. You don't want to ingest an offense. You want to repel the prospect of an offense being ingested inwardly. And so we'll look at and teach around forgiveness as well. Then we look at some of the hindrances to a healthy marriage and family. Then we look at understanding our differences. As I alluded to earlier, we male and female. I'll teach you a bit about what that means, how God created us in His image. As male and female and as man and woman, I'll teach you to that so we understand that well. It's important to understand so we get things in right order as to how we function in marriage and family. Then we'll look at blended marriages. Perhaps you married a second or a third time and or more. But in that marriage, there are other children and other people involved in the broad perspective of that engagement. So how do we function in that? What do we leave behind and what do we take forward? And we'll look at that as well. Then we'll look at parenthood. I have such a heart for parenthood. Our world is being ravaged and bombarded with stuff to the internet, on the news, LBTQ and everything else I'll add to it. Children are told now at two years of age, laws have been passed around the world 
with their child at two years of age can determine its sexual orientation. And you, the parent, will have no say that those are the laws being passed around the world, knocking the doorstep of our nation as well. They are robbing you as parents and saying, we will govern in an ungodly way and we will honor the choice of your child. And you cannot, it will be an offense, you cannot deny if little Johnny says, my name is actually little Mary. And I want a sexual orientation change. Friends, us as parents, we've got to rise. Amen. We've got to make godly stands. We've got to draw a line and say so much and no more. Take exception to such things. Because they're robbing our children of their identity. When you've lost identity, you've lost your way in life. So we need to consolidate identity. We'll then look at fatherhood, another big thing on my heart. We look at scripture. I believe one of the highest privileges that God gives us on this planet, one of the highest privileges we have, other than husband and wife, is to be father and from that mother. You know that we as fathers, we settle the identity of our children. We actually orientate the course of their lives. So when we set a godly example, we're creating a vacuum or a magnet that draws them behind us into the presence of the Father, because we always point to Him. The children lose their identity primarily because the father figures are either absent or is abdicating in the functionality of his role. We'll look at that. <coughs> and then at the end we'll also conclude. And then when we do include, I'll share an invite as to how you may consider walking with us in the journey where God's called us to fulfill the big vision that we have. So if you turn the page, although it's still on the same page in your notes, I'll just size it up for mine. Today's program is going to now share from 10 until 11.15 and we'll have a tea break. Uh, so where will TV serve? So if we leave this premises, you walk directly down that pathway and enter a door. Should you enter that door, also for your advice, as you enter the door you go down to your left of there are the toilets. You need to visit the cloakrooms of the toilets, straight down into the next building. You turn left to go into the toilets. If you carry on a little bit further and turn right, you go to the dining room. The dining room can be accessed through here and around there. And if I would have seen that when you had tea and coffee earlier, you can go to the dining room as well there. So our tea breaks will be held there as well as our lunch break. So our tea breaks are 11.15 to 11.30. Friends, I like to be punctual. Oh. <laughs> I believe it's a good God event. Especially us as leaders, let us be the first to the meeting and the last to leave. Yeah. Only the people arrive and we pitch up an hour later. We set an example of respect and honor for people. And so, you know, the Bible says that Jesus, his hour had not yet come. That's how punctual he was. Our time has not yet come. The Bible says at the fullness of time, Jesus came. He was punctual. And it shows a sense of respect and honor to our fellow peers when we punctual as well. And so to say that is to say we have tea from 11 to 11.50. Please, if I can invite you to be back at your seats by 11.30. Then we'll have another session from 11.30 to 12.30. And then we'll have lunch from 12.30 to 1.15, 45 minutes. Having a bit of a Sunday roast. You can call it a Sunday roast on a Saturday. Not a bad idea. Sunday roast with some veggies. Some good stuff. You like small pudding and hot pasta. And then after lunch, we come back again to this auditorium from 1.15 to 
2.15 we would have our third session and then a tea break again from 2.15 to 2.30 and our last session from 2.30 to 3.30 and then we'll be done. Uh, should time allow, most of you would have received an email from ourselves if you registered online that indicated we trust we may have a bit of a Q&A session at the end and ask any question you feel you want to ask about what we've taught today or maybe something in your personal journey. We're family. Family can talk and talk in front of each other. We talk in front of each other and we don't frown on you. We celebrate you because you're searching for an answer to find a solution so you can walk out in victory. And so don't be backfooted when this time should be our time for Q&A. Put your hand and say, well, in our lives and our marriage X, Y, Z, if your spouse is next to you, applaud them. Don't take exception when you get down the drive and say, I'm talking to I'm not telling you. <laughs> you get a tongue lashing, a sup on the way home. And I say, as we share today, don't let our strife to answer. We'll see when we go to the notes now. I encourage that. Come here to hear what is God saying to me, for me, what adjustments do I need to make? Your spouse, if your spouse is next to you, is actually not next to you today. You're listening for you and only you. <laughs> Not our hope he There's no real ministry today. There's no short rib ministry today. Especially from the ladies if you come from the river man, so that rib. So just a brief introduction. Uh, you do have the manual. All of us in attendance, we're going to send you a copy of the manual in PDF which you can use at your leisure and for any context of your own. So you may be counseling someone in marriage, and I really believe, as you see God's word today, I believe, <coughs> pardon me, we, we the church are to teach on marriage more and more so. And so these resources are available to you. You can make use of them freely. Uh, all we ask is don't deface them, don't change them, don't alter them, and don't derive finance from them. Okay. Using it in the church or a conference or a life group or a home group where you're sitting with people, that said it will do this course if each of you arrive and you'll pay us 400 rand for the course. You can't do that, okay? Yeah. We're availing it free. Please use it freely and don't solicit finance from it. And I say that up front. So use it, it's yours to use and use to minister to the area of marriage and family. So just a warm welcome to Four Your Good Ministries International Marriage and Family Course or Conference. We say course because this is also going to be uh, filmed and edited and made available to people to make use of. And so I may intersperse you the word conference or course as we speak today. Because maybe many others in small groups who are going to make use of this want to know that they welcome and they address as well through the day. Uh, if you don't know myself just as yet, my name is Abraham Foss, and it is my great delight to teach from the Word of God that Scripture in the areas of marriage, family, and parenting today. I have the high privilege of leading and am the founder of Four Year Ministries International. <coughs> Pardon me, in our various extended ministry expressions. You'll see some of those later through the course of the day. The founding scripture of our ministry is this. Paul says this in Romans. Chapter 1 verse 11. And the old pastors in attendance today take to heart the scripture. So Paul now is writing letters to the church in Rome from a place in prison. 
And Paul writes his best letters when he's in prison. May that be the story of my life. I write my most revelational and my best letters in the hardest and most odious seasons of my life. Paul's best letters are written when he's suffering for the gospel. You're going to have some of that in your journey of life. In fact, is there anyone that represents an exception now? Don't raise your hand. Because then the father of lies has deceived you. <laughs> There's going to be some suffering in the journey. And that suffering isn't sickness and cancer and hardship and what you're dealing with. Suffering is for the gospel's sake. It's persecution. Yeah. When you read the word suffering in scripture, draw a line to it if you don't understand it well, but there's persecution. Always persecuted for the gospel's sake. So when you make a stand for Jesus, you want to walk in his way in marriage, you need to know persecution comes, Mark 4 says, for what reason? To steal the word. The enemies are after only one thing. I spoke about a series called There's Only One. He's after only one thing. Now this is good to know. Because if I can deny getting one thing, I deny getting everything. He's after only one thing. It's the word of God. Because that's a seed, described in the Hebrew and Greek, as a spore or a sperm. In other words, it creates an insemination that brings about a conception that develops a change in my life. So the word of God is a spore or a sperm. It's like when you're intimate with your spouse. When you receive that sperm, conception takes place, and a product is developed that grows progressively. And so unless you have the sperm, you can never have the child. So unless I receive the word, I can't have the product of the word, because the word is what brings about a conception in my life. So of all things, take your box that produces conception called the word of God. And then in this word, find a person, because he's the word personified. And his name is Jesus. Jesus. John 5, verse 39, Jesus says, You search the scriptures for them, you think you find eternal life. But these are they that speak of me. And Jesus modeled everything. Do you know that Jesus modeled marriage? Now, mom, I think in the physical now, in man and woman, I'm talking about in the spirit, in its functionality. All we do are never titles or nouns. I'm not Pastor Abraham Foster. I'm Abraham Apostle that describes my function. So fatherhood is not a title, mother is not a title or a noun. It's a verb, it's a function, it's something I do. I can call myself a plumber. If I'm not plumbing, I'm not a plumber. I don't call myself a plumber, Abraham. I'm Abraham who plums, and my plumbing is an indicator of the function or the anointing of the gift that God's given me. So in the Bible, you never find the title first. You read about Paul, it says, Paul, an apostle of Paul, a bondservant. The Bible never says the apostle Paul. Because I don't fix my identity on a title. My identity is fixed in a person. His name is Jesus because my title will be shaken. But if it's fixed in an individual and in the person of Jesus Christ, I cannot be shaken. Because he doesn't change like shifting shadows. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. So we fix in Jesus Christ. And so that scripture in Romans 1 verse 11, for us as pastors, especially, and there's several of us here in attendance today, Paul says this in Romans 1 verse 11, now can you picture it? He says, 
seated in stocks and chains. In a dark dungeon that is pitch dark. He can see nothing. When there are slivers of light, periodically he's writing his letters. And he writes in prison, he says this. He says, I long to be with you. Then he tells you his reason. He says that I may impart some good gift for your good. So when God was talking to us about starting this ministry, I was trying to go, what name do you want your ministry to be called? And I was going to the book of Romans at that time and I got stuck in that verse. And God said, Abraham, I want you to have the heart that Jesus had replicated the person of Paul, that you long to be with people, people to be with you, that you may impart some good gift for, who's good? For your good. There again, there's love. Is I want to impart some good gift for your good. Some of want people to gather for my good. Nigga me a bitch on my The prophet has arrived, the apostle has arrived, and you're there for the apostle's good. the apostle when he looks after the people. Can I give you a success story process to build your church? Build the people. Minister to the people. Be there for their good. When you're there for their good, I guarantee you God will look out for your good. But if you invert that thing, you're there for your good. What about me? People pick that up and what happens is a heart of exception that results in rebellion rises up in the church. Whenever something is selfish, you're going to get rebellion and church splits. There's another good indicator to know why we get so many church splits. Because often it's about the leadership team or the pastor. Remember I said earlier, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Jesus had one fleeting moment in the Garden of Gethsemane where he said, Lord God, let this cup come past me, but nevertheless, not your will, but mine. He showed you now how to deal with an orientation that was about self. But Jesus could have been selfish in a sense and said, I'm not going to the cross. Because your heart was extended to you and I, it was about you and I. But the joy set before him, he saw this context here. He saw every individual seated here. He said, for that reason, I'm going to the cross. Fathers, parents, spouse to spouse, for the joy set before you, serve your spouse. Which means I exist to benefit you. Imagine both husband and wife exist that way. Your every preoccupied thought is when I wake up this morning, how do I serve my wife well? Can I give you a few insights for myself personally? I think about it, I almost count the grains of sugar on the spoon. Because I know how much sugar my beloved likes in a coffee. It's serving her. Well, I'm serving me. It's take two spoons, you don't like it, dump it. <laughs> no. How do you like it? When do you like it? And I serve you. And you serve with joy. Because Jesus serving with joy. Jesus can serve me. He's a great expression of love. He's drawn me into him with cords of life. Which means because he serves me, it reels me into intimacy with him. You want to be reeled into intimacy with your spouse? Serve him or her. Wake up and say, Lord God, how do I benefit my wife, my husband, my children? How do I do that today? How does he or she like us something? What 
Christ joined their heart. How can I lighten their love? Not all women that are lighten, lighten, lighten. Jesus came and many didn't lighten his load. They had added load on him, but he still served. But he still served. But he still served. And so Paul says, I long to be with you that I may impart some good gift. Your translation may say some spiritual gift or your good. The spiritual gift is always the word of God. In John 6, verse 63, thanks for you. Message is bringing some water. In John 6, verse 63, Jesus says, This is my words. They are spirit, they are truth, and they are life. And so when you impart, thanks for guys. When you impart some good gift, you're imparting the word. Uh, we'll look at scripture today. There's only one thing that is quicken quicken. And it's not prayer and fasting. Whilst that's a good thing to practice, there's only one thing that can can quick can bring conception to. What's that one thing? We thank you for listening to this teaching. That that relates to session one. I trust it was a blessing to you. Please go to the next teaching in the series hereafter. Should you wish to reach out to ourselves, or should you have any questions, please mail us on marriage at foryourgood.net. That's marriage at foryourgood.net. Should you want to know more about For Your Good Ministries International, then please visit our website, www.foryourgood.net. So that is www.foryourgood.net. God bless as you enjoy the next session on our teaching of marriage and family and the high value of God's Word.